Welcome back to Historical, my dear listeners. Last week, I told you the story of Joan of Arc. This week, for the first installment of this series of footnotes, we're going to dive into one of the most intriguing personalities tied to Joan's story. Today, we're talking about Charles VI, the French king whose bouts of madness were directly responsible for the events that set Joan's mission in motion. If you missed the Joan of Arc episode, here's a little backstory. Charles VI came to the throne at age 11, with his uncles serving as regents and really just making a mess of France and its finances. Charles kicked them to the curb and established an advisory council that really turned things around. After this point, he was known as Charles the Beloved for being a good king. He had married Isabeau of Bavaria only three days after meeting her when she was about 14 and he was 17. And if you read between the lines there, the two of them were super good looking and ready to get down to business. And down to business is exactly what happened, except the first few pregnancies were marked by infant deaths and miscarriages before a healthy daughter was born. When Charles was about 24, his troubles truly began. Over the course of that year, advisors noticed he had been increasingly agitated and feverish. This culminated in him deciding to lead an expedition to Brittany to capture an assassin who had tried to kill his best friend, which that right there is a little strange for a king. En route, a beggar kind of jumped out and shouted, you must turn back, you've been betrayed. And right at that moment, a page dropped a lance and it made the sound equivalent now to a gunshot and Charles flipped his lid and murdered four of his knights right there. He was about to kill his brother when the men finally tackled him. I'm guessing he was able to kill that many just because everyone was too afraid to hurt the king. He immediately went into a coma that lasted for four days. And this is how his reign, which lasted 42 years, kind of went. He'd be okay for a while, and then he'd slip back into delusions and just disappear from public for months at a time. Meanwhile, his wife, Isabeau, had to kind of step in for him. Now, the thing with Isabeau was not only was she a beautiful lady, she was also kind of like Marie Antoinette before there was a Marie Antoinette. Everyone thought she was a spendthrift. She never liked to wear the same outfit twice, and she was very fashionable. This, plus she would change alliances between Charles' brothers who were fighting to be named regents whenever it brought her the most advantage. Because of this, and because Charles literally didn't recognize her when he was in the midst of his bouts of insanity, yet she still had 12 children by the end of his reign, lots of rumors started to swirl about her taking many lovers and that her son, the future King Charles VII, was actually illegitimate. She also was the one who was blamed for the disastrous treaty with the English after Agincourt because she had to sign over her son's rights as king and offer up their daughter to Henry V. But she only had to sign because Charles couldn't. Historians now speculate that much of her bad reputation was rumor from her enemies and the warring dukes. But let's get back to Charles VI because we need to talk about his glass delusion because it's absolutely fascinating. So Charles is not the only person who thought he was made of glass. This was a thing back in the 15th through 17th centuries. One theory I saw posited that since glass was a new material at this time and not necessarily well understood, it's kind of akin to people today who have various technophobias. But the gist of it was that Charles feared that his entire body, including his internal organs, were made entirely of glass. He feared that he would shatter if he so much as sat down. To protect himself, he spent all of his time laying absolutely still in his bed and insisted that he be completely cocooned in heavy blankets. Even though he was suffering from the glass delusion, 
This was mild compared to some of his other bouts, so he was still kinging it while being terrified of shattering. To help him get out of bed and actually do governance, he was made a suit with iron rods that would protect his body from breaking should his fears come to fruition. I'll link to this in the show notes, but there's a scholarly article I found on the glass delusion and kind of makes the case that this particular delusion was about the fears of nobles and other public figures about the immense burden they carried as public figures who were important and prominent. In other words, Charles was playing out his fears of dying and leaving his country in ruin via his belief that he was made of glass. Staying still in the iron suit were methods of control over something he didn't feel he had control over. So this is all the backdrop that set Joan of Arc's story in motion. But there's another high-profile case of glass delusion that I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you. This wasn't until much later, the 1840s, but Princess Alexandra Amelie, whose father, Ludwig I of Bavaria, had recently abdicated his throne after a scandalous affair with the mistress went public, and then he was humiliated during a time of civil unrest. Shortly after this all went down, Princess Alexandra started behaving erratically and was found tiptoeing sideways down hallways, which kind of sounds like a horror movie. When asked what was going on, she told her parents that she had swallowed a grand piano made of glass when she was a child, and now she feared she would shatter. And we're talking a full-size grand piano here, not like a piece of dollhouse furniture. She truly believed she had swallowed a piano and it had stayed inside her, and now she would shatter. She was also about 23, so interesting, because similar age there to Charles. Alexandra was also highly intelligent and sounds like she had a bit of an anxiety disorder before this happened as well. She was obsessive about keeping clean and only wore white. She never married and instead became an abbess at the Royal Chapter for Ladies of St. Anne in Munich. She spent the rest of her life there writing books and plays, which, good for her, could have gone a lot worse. The last person I'd like to bring up is Tchaikovsky. He didn't have the glass delusion, but he did have a fear that his head would fall off. And because of this, he often refused to conduct, instead focusing solely on composing, which that right there sounds like fear of failure and stage fright. And I personally have always struggled with bad anxiety, but after reading about them, very excited that I skipped out on the glass delusion. Small victories. All right, that's all I have for this week. It will be Mother's Day when this drops, so to all the moms, moms-to-be, moms who have lost children, mother figures, and moms who have left us, I hope that you had a wonderful day. I'll see you back here next week for a look at the saints who gave Joan of Arc a voice. Mm-hmm.